first couple episodes when we were so awkward recording. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I would Yay. argue that we are still very awkward recording. That's true. Yes. But I guess now, but now we're awkward with like 20 episodes of experience under our belt. Yeah. Yeah. We're experienced at the awkwardness. <sighs> yes. I don't know. Professional awkward. Yeah. That's yes. us. That's us. That's it. <laughs> well, just got so welcome back to the Nightmare Girls, the podcast where the three of us just don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> on any given day. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. Ever. Uh, yeah. How, yeah. How's life? Um, cold. It's <laughs> going. Yeah. How is the snow, Meg? Yes. Um, yeah. So for reference, once again, I'm in Minnesota now. Um, it is October 20th, and there is currently like four-ish, maybe five-ish in- inches of snow outside. So Cute. That's, that's so yeah, fun. just in time for Halloween. <laughs> Cute. I have, I have an update. Yes. Oh. I just remembered, even though I mentioned it like two minutes ago. Um, I, drumroll please, might be going to the House of the Seven Gables. <gasps> yeah! Oh. Join the club! It's so cool. Might be, but probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. It's very, it's very cramped. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna be, like, really <laughs> thrown off by some of the rooms, by how cramped they are, but um, the coolest one is the attic, where people see, like, Yes. Stuff up and down the stairs. So take, I'm really take excited. some selfies. It's not we'll like a sure thing, but like if there's anything I can do to make it a sure thing, I will do yeah. that. Try thing, to so. try to um, look in the windows if you go outside of it, so you can see if people are peeking out. Because I I don't remember all the details from that story because it was so long ago now that mm-hmm. we've recorded that episode. But <laughs> I know there was like that kid that like peeks out the windows. Oh right, yes, that'll be good. So I'll let you guys know if that happens how it goes <laughs> yes that's my big update for the week and nothing else interesting has happened to, <laughs> happening to me <laughs> anna do you have anything exciting going on in the, the lovely life of anna no my life is as boring as as black tea i love black tea i love black tea i'm like so okay. offended <laughs> yeah come on <laughs> i was trying to think of something boring my life um, is as boring as watching paint dry yeah. Oh, well, I was going to go with, like, the, the beverage analogy and just be, like, a, a mm. mug of hot water. <laughs> Ew. That's all. There's no flavor. <laughs> it's not even boring. That's just gross. <laughs> Water's gross to you? No, hot water. I, I'm a ma- You're, like, drinking hot water? No, I don't drink hot water. I thought, I just thought that was, that would be, like, a boring beverage. I don't think yeah. it's a gross beverage. Hot water. It's still water. But it's hot. But I feel like it does the job if you need it. Like, if you need something to, like, lubricate the throat and, like, warm it up. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm really... I don't even know what to say to you two. who drinks hot water? That's the... It's so not refreshing. I would... I know. I'm not saying that's, like, something people (laughs) would drink. But I'm just saying, like, if you're trying to find a beverage that's boring, that's probably... Like, I mean, people... Oh, people do, like, hot water with lemon. Yeah, that's Uh, fine, but that's eh. not just plain hot water. That's still eh. That's still eh. Okay. Mm. You, uh, you, okay, I'll go with your thing. Yeah. Yep. Also, um, (laughs) this is so random, but, like, let us know what your favorite kind of tea is, because we had a whole good discussion about tea the other day, and we love tea here, Nightmare Girls. Yeah. Yeah. So, let us know, just because we're curious, and we're always looking for tea recommendations. I would love to know. 
Yeah. And also maybe one day we blow up famous and we make our own <laughs> tea because that would be fun. <gasps> That'd be that amazing. Was, I literally just pulled that out of my ass. Like, I just We were just that. talking <laughs> about, like, how much we love tea. Like, literally, the other day. Our group chat name is something about tea now. But, yes. like, literal tea. Well, we, li- we like the, the gossipy tea. And we like the I actual went- tea. <laughs> exactly. The hot tea. I went to the store yesterday, and I bought three new kinds of tea. Nice. Did you mean me every time I go into the grocery store? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm very excited. I got a black tea, a chai, and a green tea. Mm. Mm-hmm. What kind of chai? Vanilla. Yes! Vanilla chai! Vanilla chai squad! Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, now that we've alienated all of our listeners that don't enjoy tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you Actually, coffee bitches. Yeah. We, but the thing is, like, we, we love like coffee everything. too. I feel like we've liked, we like, like, every beverage. We like tea. We like coffee. We like alcohol we, love we alcohol. like it all we, like we love alcohol a lot yeah yes yeah. we do as as you all know from hearing us drink and devolve on this podcast mm-hmm. I, I still think we should do a drunk episode at some point i am so down for that'd that. be interesting that'd <laughs> be interesting Wait, let me just do my rose impression what that will sound like no 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 guys no, no. Guys, I have I have the coolest cryptid to tell you. <laughs> My entire family listens to this. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Meg. <laughs> no, I'm just you're just very like your voice goes like an octave higher, and you just get very I breathy. know. <laughs> It's adorable. No, nothing Thank to be you. <laughs> I'm bright red now. I know you she are. Is. She's glowing. <laughs> your face is as pink as that that part of your shirt that's pink. I was just gonna say that. Oh Same God. brain. Same brain. Big brain. <laughs> no, <clears throat> not big. Do you small. like my small brain. crop top? Ooh, that's cute. <laughs> now we're talking about a crop top that all of you can't see. So cute. Here we are. Also, Meg, if you, I'm trying to picture you drunk doing, trying to do an episode. Because when you're drunk, I've never seen you serious. <laughs> wait, wait, let me do my Meg impression. Um, so basically, they're all bitches. Yeah, lots of swearing. Uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I don't fucking know. And it's society, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. Anna would be the most coherent, and it probably would not sound too yeah. too different then. <laughs> I probably argue with Meg more. Yeah, there That's there have been like two occasions where I I could tell Anna was like noticeably drunk, but other than that, she'll be like, "Oh, I so am." We're all like, "What are you talking?" Because <laughs> yeah, you just look like a normal human being. You just look like your normal self. <laughs> Well, I was telling, talking the other day, like, I want to build up my tolerance because I want to be able to walk into a sketchy bar in the middle of nowhere, slam mm. my hand down on the bar next to a large biker man and be like, hey, I bet I can drink you under the table and do it. She could. This this bitch mm-hmm. could. Like, she doesn't come to play. Like, Anna is, will. This is my goal. I want it to happen someday. Then I'll be happy. I can die happy. Yeah, so um, link in our Instagram bio to the GoFundMe to fund Anna's alcohol as she <laughs> trains for this. <laughs> uh, 
And the latest episode of My Friends Are Alcoholics. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, maybe we should start. Yeah, because it's been eight minutes of this, so... (laughs) (laughs) So, y'all want to hear about a ghosty? Yeah. Yes, I do. Or more specifically, a poltergeisty? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Tell me more. So, I'm going to be talking about the Enfield poltergeist. That (gasps) might sound familiar to some of you here that are fans of the Conjuring movies. (gasps) Yes. Yeah, so that's right. I don't know what this voice is. It's going to stop now. Um, so we're going to be talking about one of the more popular, like, Warren cases. But, like, honestly, after doing research, like, the Warrens didn't have, like, too, too much to do with it. So um, at the Conjuring movies, why'd you lie to me? Like, they, they basically went and, like, noted the activity that was going on, but they weren't, like, the main stars of the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is the moral of the story. But basically, we're heading back across the pond to Enfield, London, England. Um, And this was a pretty famous haunting that disturbed the Hodgson family between the years of 1977 to 1978. So good old 70s haunting. Fun stuff. What a time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I will also say um, there's a lot of speculation as to whether or not this haunting is a hoax. So we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. But... I personally think that this is real. I'm going to just put that out there. Everyone can be the judge of their own perspective on this story, but I'll get into why I think it's real also at the end, but I just wanted to preface that. So my sources were primarily The Telegraph, which is like a um, newspaper in England, and I just wanted to shout them out, one, for giving me that information, and two, for making me sign up for a fucking free trial oh, where I had to put my credit card in. <gasps> so that was a whole... I'm canceling it immediately after we yeah, record this. But I was really mad because it was like the one big article that I was like, oh, this will be helpful. And I had to put my mm-hmm. payment information in. What the hell? Okay, anyway. It's fine. Just Shout out, up. except you suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, Wikipedia was also helpful and so was exemplar.com. Um... So let's get started. So on August 31st, 1977, 11-year-old Janet Hodgson and her 10-year-old brother Johnny were asleep in their shared bedroom when they began to hear what was described as a shuffling sound. They called for their mother, but as soon as they did so, the sound stopped. So when their mother showed up at the door, nothing was going on. And she was like, okay, and then went back to bed. So as soon as their mother left, the sound picked up again they screamed and called for her because it was like really freaking them out and they described it as almost sounding like someone was like shaking a bed like that was that kind of sound their mother came back and once again the sound stopped and the mom was like y'all can't keep calling me out of bed for nothing to be (laughs) happening in here and then this is a direct quote by the way and then she um went back to bed (laughs) and then after she went back to bed the sound happened again And Janet and Johnny sat up in their bed, and they noticed that, quote, a chest of drawers slid from one side of the room to the other. (gasps) What? That's cute. Yeah. Yep. So they saw that, freaked out, called their mother again. Mom, bless her, came back and (laughs) was dumbfounded at the fact that this dresser had completely moved across the room. And at first, I think she thought, like, oh, Janet and Johnny must have moved it to, like, play a prank on me whatever so she tried to push it back to where it 
came from, pushed it back, and then it slid right back to towards the door. Oh. And they were all like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? So mm-hmm. Mama Hodgson was like, let's all go downstairs. Let's get out of this room. There's some bad juju up here. So they went down to, like, the living room area, just staying as far away as possible from the room with all the activity. And that's when they started to hear knocking. So this knocking um, was not just, like, in one, like, place. It was, like, it seemed to be, like, all around the house. And at first they thought that someone had, like, broken in. Like, there were burglars in their house because it sounded like it was coming from, like, different locations in the house. Um, Janet has since described it as an adult, as it sounding like um, it was coming from both inside of the walls and outside the walls. And then also sometimes underneath the floorboards. No. I hate that. No, so, thanks. Yeah, so there, were, there was a lot going on, and um, obviously Mrs. Hodgson was frightened, so she called the police. So um, this woman named Carolyn Heaps, which I just think is a fun last name, heep. she showed up, Heep Heep, um, and <laughs> she was the officer that responded to the call. And when she got there, she claimed to have witnessed a chair rise up from the ground and move across, and then move across the floor of it, on its own, mm, which is... no alarming that's fun yes and i guess no, everyone that was present in the house when this happened witnessed this so like all of the hodgson's and then um the officer and no one really knew what to do because it was like pretty clear this was happening by like uns- unseen forces and none of the children were near the chair no one was touching it so because the officer came and even she was like i truly do not know what the hell to do they decided to do what was most logical to them, which was call the goddamn media. I just, like, don't <laughs> understand where this is the most logical. The media <laughs> didn't, like, do anything wrong in this sense. Like, this is, like, a case where, like, the media didn't exploit the family or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't understand why that was the next step. Like, let's call the media. <laughs> yeah, what? I guess, like, to document it? Like, yeah, and that's basically to what... To prove it? Yeah, and that's basically what happened. Um, so there was this newspaper called The Daily Mirror, and mm. they were the ones that broke the story, and they continued reporting on it until um, the activity eventually stopped. But mm. I just, like, I don't know if I would be like, yeah, let's call the media, because then you're just, like, opening up the floodgates <laughs> to, like, criticism. and mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So reporters arrived from The Mirror, and nothing happened when they first got there, and they were like, okay, what the hell? why did you call us and they went back out to their car and right when they got into their car i guess toys in the living room area just started like flying around the room and it was more specifically like smaller toys like legos and marbles just flying oh, around that's fun. just having having fun you're in like a snow globe with legos you know? ow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah snow ow. Globe with legos. yeah ouchie and I guess um, one of the photographers, when they heard, like, people were like, oh, get back in here, like, stuff's happening, like, ran up to <laughs> ran up to the house and tried to go into the doorway, and a Lego, like, hit him above <gasps> the eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's... I mean, like, really not that funny, because it's kind of scary that Legos are just flying at your face, but, you know, mm-hmm. humor, humor where you can find it. So, obviously, there was something going on. The mirror could both say that, and now so could law enforcement. No one really knew what was going on. The Hodgson's sure did not know what was going on. So eventually this man named Maurice Gross was called in because he was a member of the world's oldest paranormal research organization, which is called the Society for Psychical? 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 No, that's the thing. It's spelled odd. Psychical. Psychical. 
Yeah, I guess it's psychical. Like psychic. I just that makes sense. Yeah, psychic al psychical. Psychical. I don't know. It just was bothering me, like typing psychical. it out and now reading mm-hmm. it. Hurts doesn't sound my eyes. like a real word anymore. Psychical. No, right? That's the thing. It doesn't. Psychical. Yeah. So society Society for Psychical Research, or okay. SPR. So Maurice decided to stay with the family for a bit of time to see what he could document in the house. So kind of like when the mirror first showed up, nothing really happened. He's like, okay, not too much is going on. But the family was very mm-hmm. insistent that he stay. And he felt like the energy in the house was, like, kind of off. So he was willing to stay around. And then soon he also saw Legos flying around, marbles flying around. And then he also said when you tried to pick up these Legos and marbles after they had, like, landed back on the floor, they were, like, burning hot to the touch. Oh. <laughs> burning hot. Oh, That's no. not normal. Wait. No. That just sounds like a nightmare. Like, flaming hot Legos. Like stepping on a Lego, but like now it's also flaming hot. That's like, like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. I'd yeah. probably no. rather walk across fire than hot Legos. Yes. <laughs> we hate yeah. Legos in general. Oh, I mean, no, we don't hate Legos. Sorry, Jordan, if you're listening. Our friend Jordan, <laughs> you might know from listening to a couple episodes, loves Legos. We love your nerdy Lego habits. We, we love, we mm-hmm. love it's your nerdy Lego cute habits. It's quirky. It's cute and quirky. She's a single <laughs> gentleman. She's gonna, She's I'll gonna cut this out him. probably because she will actually murder me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, stepping on Legos is a completely different thing yeah. than like liking the concept of Legos. Awesome. No, thank you. Just stepping on them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But um, I guess when things like, like are hot to the touch like that, it's characteristic of a poltergeist being around. So he was like, maybe that's what this family has happening to them. So he began to witness, like, other things going on. Like, furniture would be, like, flipped around and, like, lifted off the ground and, like, thrown about the room. Um, he see, he's seen, like, other objects, like, sitting on, like, a table, like, thrown off to, like, the other side of the room. Coins were, like, dropping out of the air in front of him. Oh. Just like, oh. Hey, that's not, that's, that's kind of nice. Yeah, you pocket that change. <laughs> Unless it's, like, pennies. Oh. Oh, well, yeah. I guess this is, is in the UK, isn't it? So, like. Oh, true. I actually have no idea what euro, a euro. Euro. No. euro. I have no concept of what that that money like like what that means though, like worth wise. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. like a pound falls out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a national coin shortage, so maybe we could use that right about now. Yeah, that's yes, true. give us your poltergeist coins, buddy. <laughs> that's what we want. Another thing that happened was dogs could be heard barking in rooms where dogs were not, and. It was kind of unclear if they had a dog, so they maybe thought it was, like, their dog. And then this is where the barking went. I just assumed they did not have a dog, and there was just this, like, ominous barking (laughs) in their house. That's, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. But I guess this is all typical poltergeist stuff, so. Weird. Yeah. And for reference, for those of you that do not know what a poltergeist is, um, exemplar.com says that a poltergeist... Um, the word poltergeist is derived from 19th century German, which basically it was created from two separate words. So poltern, meaning meaning to create a disturbance, and geist, which is ghost. So mm-hmm. essentially, a poltergeist is this like supernatural being that causes issues. And if you've read Harry Potter, you know all about Peeves, <laughs> that little bitch. <laughs> the little bitch who we Peeves. love so much, but just causes so much trouble. <laughs> so there was one time... Another thing that was witnessed while um, Maurice Gross was, like, observing the house and, like, the activity, that I guess one of the Hodgson children was, like, walking down the stairs, and the poltergeist, like, grabbed her leg, 
And so she's just like standing on the stairs with one of her legs like outstretched behind her and she like could not move from this position because it was holding her leg. And they tried to like pull her out of like like off the stairs and like out of that position and she would not budge until she was like let go by whatever this unseen oh my God, force no. was. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Really crazy. That that would freak me out so much. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. It's that yeah. strong, like what else could it do? Yeah, literally. And then Janet is kind of, like, the star of the show. Like, if you know anything about this story, you kind of know there's something with, like, a little girl that's, like, very heavily involved with the Enfield poltergeist. Mm -hmm. So Janet had, what I wrote in my notes was, Janet especially had a lot of wacko shit going on. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's where I was at today. And she apparently was repeatedly thrown from her bed at night, which I actually have a picture of and I will send it to you later. And suffered, quote, violent trances. Yeah, also, I guess mentioning that there's a photo, I should also say, while these, while Gross and a couple other people from SBR were, like, investigating, they have a lot of footage and, like, Uh. evidence. But there are some disputes with this evidence, and we'll look into that. But there is a lot. If you, like, look up Enfield Poltergeist, like, you can look at pictures, you can hear recordings of things that I'll get to. Lots of stuff. So I think that's cool. There's yeah. all this like stuff online, too, for this story. So, yeah, so Janet had lots of crazy stuff happen. And there was one test that Gross and some of the investigators working with him tried um, because, you know, Janet would be thrown from her bed. And, like, all these, like, crazy things would happen to her, especially, like, in the evening. So they were like, okay, here's the deal. Janet goes to her room at night, right? Let's just remove all the furniture. And, like, maybe they can't, like, throw anything around. <laughs> so... Janet goes in her room, all the furniture's been removed, closes the door. Eventually, they heard, quote, a violent wrenching sound, and then when they entered the room again, they discovered that the iron fireplace had been ripped from the wall. (gasps) Oh my god. (laughs) You're kidding. Yeah. So, they were like, oop, we pissed it off. (laughs) Oh my god. So, yeah. And also, fun fact, I don't know if it's fun, but, you know... It's typical with poltergeist activities that they focus their energy and, like, disturbances around a female that's on the cusp of adolescence. Mm. Yeah. So this was really proven true as strange activity in the house really spiked on December 15th, 1977, when Janet got her first period. Ah. Yeah. And I also just want to say, periods suck to begin with, so why the hell... That poor girl yeah, have poor to have girl. poltergeist activity going on at the same time. Seriously. No, thank like, you. Here's some cramps and extra hormones and also a ghost. Yeah. 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 Welcome yeah. to womanhood. <laughs> <laughs> what a welcome. <laughs> I'm just going to rip your fireplace from the wall. Welcome. <laughs> You're a woman now. <laughs> so another thing with Janet is, especially after um, you know her menstrual cycle first began, she started to become possessed seemingly and would speak in this like gruff voice that did not at all sound like it came from like a young girl like you know you know what i'm talking about like possession voices like Mm -hmm. voices that do not belong in the body from which they are coming out of so one voice Mm -hmm. that appeared quite often was that of a man named bill it was in quotes so i don't know if that's his real name or if that's like a name to like protect him Uh, bill mm -hmm. who apparently lived and died in the house and when janet was like possessed by this voice would like say things about how he had, like, lived in the house and how he sat in this specific chair and how he had died in that chair 
and how he oh. died by having a hemorrhage. And this might be sound familiar if you've seen The Conjuring 2, yeah. because this, mm-hmm. they include a scene like this um, with Janet. Yeah. And so at first people were like, Janet's like pulling this shit like out of her ass. Like this is like not true. Like she's just doing this like voice thing. But then I guess they managed to track down Bill's son and he was able to confirm like a lot of the stuff that Janet was saying. And it was all information that like, if you were just like a neighbor, like you would not know. Oh or God. like if you were just like living in the area, like you would not know. So like, come on. So now let's talk a little bit about like the skepticism and things like that. So there's a ton for this case, like a ton. Like I feel like as many people are, as there are that believe that there was something paranormal going on at the Hodgson house, there's just as many, if not more, that suggest that this is a hoax. Mm. So mm-hmm. the greatest skeptic of this whole case was this woman named Anita Gregory. She was an academic. And she felt that the evidence compiled at the house was, quote, questionable, quote, greatly exaggerated, and quote, pathetic. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, you boy. know, go off, I guess. Yeah, go off, Anita. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah. So, this was partly due to, like, she would, she actually went to the house, I guess, and was, like, observing a lot of the things going on as well. And so... I guess when Janet would be, like, possessed, there were times where, like, no one could be around if Janet was having, like, a fit or, like, seemed to be in, like, a possessed case and, like, had to be in, like, a room with the door closed. And Anita Gregory was, like, let me in. Like, you need to let me in. And then at one point, they did let her in, but she had to, like, cover her face with, like, one of their dressing gowns or something. And, like, she was, like, that's suspicious. Like, that's weird. And so then also another thing that didn't help to the hoax standpoint was Janet and one of her sisters admitted to faking a couple things while investigators were in the house, which I did, I'd never heard this oh. before. So oh. like, for example, there was one time they were filming and Janet was caught bending a spoon and then like immediately like threw herself down on her bed and started like flailing her arms. And a lot of the stuff that happened, like when she was like possessed by like Bill and things, she like says she could not remember, like she does not remember any of this. Mm-hmm. But like this specific instance, she was asked about in an interview in 2017. And she was like, yeah, I do remember. I remember doing that. Oh. And when she was asked by this author in the, um, the Telegraph that interviewed her in t- 2017, she said, quote, there were times when things would happen and times when they wouldn't. Sometimes if things didn't happen, you somehow felt like you'd failed. Plus, you get bored and frustrated at all these people coming and going. Mm. End quote. I mean, that makes sense. Like, all these people staring at you waiting for something to happen. Sometimes you just want to make it happen, so they'll stop. <laughs> yeah, and I think also, the other thing, yeah. like, these are clearly children. Like, yeah. these are children that you're, like, observing. They're going to get bored, too, if you're just going to sit there and, like, wait for something to happen and nothing's going on. Like, yeah. makes sense that they would do something. But I will say, even though... She has admitted to, like, there was little bits of it, like, faked. And, again, she was 11 when this was going on. And her siblings were around those ages as well, like, 10 and 12 and things like that. She was asked how much she would say was faked of the whole incident. And she says, and is very firm in this, 2%. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) So, I just think it didn't help that they admitted when they were children, like, yeah, like, we we made that that little bit up. Right. Because the paranormal's already something that's iffy to some people to begin with so if you give them the option that it's like a hoax they'll gr- like grab at it and be like yes mm-hmm. right hoax but i will also say that this person interviewing janet for the telegraph also noted that janet's story in all the years that she's told it since the 70s when this happened 
It's always mm-hmm. been the same. It, there's never been one detail that has been changed. Oh, there's no contradictions or reasons to believe that anything she said was false. She doesn't seem like she's like nervous when she's recounting it. Recounting it. And the author of the article that I read, um, his name was Will Storr. He wrote, quote, to me, she came across like any other interviewee who might have suffered some sort of trauma, end quote. So take with, take that as you will. I To me, I, I don't like to think that people would lie that much. Like, if she's still lying years and years and years and years later, like, I don't, I don't see the point in that. Yeah. Yeah. Personally. No, yeah, and she also is like, she doesn't like to talk about it around her children. Like, when they were doing this interview, she was like, I don't want to be near my kids. Also, my youngest has no idea about this yet and, like, will not know for a couple of years. Uh. Very, like... You know, stuff that makes sense if it's, like, a big traumatic incident that happened in someone's life right. and they don't want to really get into it with their children or they're trying to protect family from that. Um, mm-hmm. And then also, here we go. Um, the only important piece of evidence that I think matters is when the Warrens went to the house. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, that's all we care about. Screw anything that anyone else said. Yeah. So the Warrens came in 1978, and they concluded that, yeah, everything going on was supernatural. That's all, really all I need. So Honestly, yeah, <laughs> I trust all them cute. with my life, so. Yeah, we adore <laughs> yeah. the Warrens. I was just going to say if they're listening, but then I remembered they're both passed on. Nice, so. Maybe they're listening from beyond the grave. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But, yeah, but, I mean, like, the Warrens went, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty safe in my trusting the Warrens, I feel. Yeah. So. Yeah, they, they know their shit, so. And also, I would like to say, another reason why I believe that this happened, it really just seemingly came out of nowhere. Like, why would they just, like, randomly pick a night to be, like, call the police? Like, calling the police, I feel like, is extreme. If they... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I tried really hard to find the, like, original Daily Mirror articles that were coming out when the reporting was going on, but I guess it was when the newspaper was in print and not online, Ugh. obviously, because this was the 70s, so I could not find a single thing. So if anyone else finds something, if you do end up digging, please let me know, because I'd be curious to read what those said. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, the moral of the story, over a period of 18 months, more than 30 people witnessed strange happenings at the Hodgson house. And the story continued to be covered in the Daily Mirror until reports came to an end in 1978. And I guess at one mm-hmm. point, towards the end, Janet was put in this hospital called the Maudsley Hospital for Psychiatric, or she was put there for psychiatric evaluation for two months. And she was there, and they were like, yeah, she's fine. She's fine. Like, she's healthy. Uh, completely fine child. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the disturbances mm-hmm. at the house abruptly stopped after that. Huh. Just as abrupt as how they started. So. Hmm. Weird. Weird. Yeah, so to this day, people don't really know what to believe, but I do have some pictures, and I'm just going to send a couple to you both now, just so you can see. This one is, like, funny, but I know it really, like, probably was not in the moment. (laughs) So, give me a second. That's how you know it's interesting and good. Yeah. So this first photo that I'm sending is um, Mrs. Hodgson, I guess, right after a brick was thrown at her head. (gasps) It's not funny. It's not funny, but look at her face. It looks like a meme. (laughs) Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I feel horrible, but does that not look like a meme or something? Yeah, yeah it looks it like she's mid sneeze or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I guess I guess a brick was thrown like at the like behind her, like and it hit the wall oh and she God. like freaked out. Yeah. Oh, also no. love the seventies men in the background with the mustaches and the, yeah. the, oh, the, yeah. the suits. Cool. And then we also have this photo. This one's pretty pretty famous. If you've heard anything about this case, you might have seen it already. I feel like I know. But this is Janet 
getting thrown from her bed. <laughs> it's casual. Yeah, there's a couple variations of this photo. There's like a series and like a sequence, and there's some where you can see right. like the sister in the background looking like completely freaked out. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess people also wonder if this is fake because it looks like she's jumping off the bed maybe. Mm-hmm. There's also maybe like maybe the man sitting in the front had like thrown her or something. There's like a lot of theories mm-hmm. about what this could be, but apparently this was I don't know. Seems awfully elaborate to be a hoax. Yeah, I just like I mean and again, I understand that children prank and things like that, but like she's eleven. Mm-hmm. She's I don't I don't know what she would have gained from like there's there's just nothing to me that the family would have gained from this because Obviously, like, people are, like, so many people were coming into their house. I don't think they enjoyed that. And Janet basically said that, no. too. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And then I do have a more photo. This one's in color. There's, there's a couple Ooh. versions of the other, the black and white photos that I just sent you that are in color, but I just figured the black and white ones are the most authentic. Um, this one mm-hmm. was color restored. This, I guess, was Janet after having, like, during one of her, like, weird fits. And I, I don't know for certain this is Maurice Gross, but I'm, like, nearly positive because, like, I don't know who else this man would be and just look at him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Interesting. Oh, my gosh. And I will also say, in the article I read, Maurice was like, of course they played pranks. They're kids. Like, what? Like, there was other stuff going on. Like, you could tell what was kids' stuff and you could tell what seemed to be something darker. Mm-hmm. So, that, my friends, is the Enfield Poltergeist. Wow. And I also thought That's this insane. was a fun one to say during October just because you can watch a movie about it and it's a scary movie because I remember when we watched The Conjuring 2 I damn near pissed my pants so <laughs> mm-hmm. that is true I can, can attest confirm. to that yeah. can confirm it's pretty normal with Meg yeah I get yeah. well the thing is I love scary movies and I love I love horror stories but I get so nervous watching them yeah. I have to like watch through my fingers and it's just the whole thing so <laughs> But yeah, that's the Enfield Poltergeist. I hope you enjoyed. Are you ready, kids? Hi, oh, yeah, Captain. Captain. We need to stop doing this. Rose. Why? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I like um, doing SpongeBob. Oh, thank you, Meg. <laughs> I meant I like I like <laughs> I like quoting SpongeBob. It is it is only seven thirteen, seven fourteen now in Minnesota, and I'm just so tired. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's that's the only reason I said I like doing SpongeBob and not doing quoting Good, SpongeBob okay. things. I'm I'm fully um, awake and ready for this story cuz Rose said it's going to be spooky. Yes. I got a spooky one for you guys. I'll make a quick disclaimer before I get into Ooh. it that um my surroundings are a little noisy, so oh. if there's some background noise that you can't edit out, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, thought you were gonna, I thought you were going to give a content warning. I thought you were going to be like, warning, this story is not suitable for children under the age of 13. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like my what upstairs am I, neighbor like is a currently movie preview? Bowling, so same. Cute. <laughs> I'm waiting for college kids to drunkenly run up and down the, the hall that I'm in, so. Someday we'll have a studio. <laughs> One <Yeah>. day. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> so are you guys ready for a fun cryptid? Yes. So ready. Yes. Okay. Um, before anyone comes at me for this, like, not technically being a cryptid, um, it's on the cryptid Wikipedia page, so I'm going to count it. <laughs> and um, fits under how I usually do my stories anyway. So this week, I am going to tell you guys about banshees. Fuck oh, yeah, banshees. Boop, 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 boop. Wow, 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 wow. This is a, this is a cryptid. Wow, wow. This is a cryptid, yeah. in my opinion. See? I don't know why it, it wouldn't it, be. 
Right. I think it counts. But I just didn't want anyone to, like, come for me about it. <laughs> so this is also known as a banshee, like, with a C instead. And, or, um, it's banshee, but, like, B-E-A-N-S-I, like, two separate words. In, um, like, the original. Gaelic, Gaelic, Gaelic. Irish. All that good, uh, all that good Irish. We love, we love jazz. Gaelic spellings. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> makes no sense. It makes no sense. Um, and so the original word meant uh, fairy woman or woman of the other world. That's what they called me on a daily basis. <laughs> just so strange. So cor- she's not like other girls. She's, she's from the otherworldly. <laughs> otherworldly. I hate you, Meg. <laughs> I hate me too. It's fine. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> So as I get into this, um, I just quickly, my sources are um, a project by Brianna Leonard from for Chapman University, um, the Mythopedia and the Cryptid Wiki page, and a PBS series called Monstrum, hosted by um, Dr. Zarka, and um, also www.historicmysteries.com okay. slash Banshee. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of sources. Yeah, I wanted to write them down because I was actually like good this week. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> only set your sources when you have done enough research, a lot of research. <laughs> <laughs> I had to really brag about the fact that I really did a lot of research. <laughs> so I thought I'd start with a little question for you guys, oh which is, God. what do you think of when I say banshees? Like, Screaming. what comes to mind? Shrieking. Well, I actually uh-huh. think Harry Potter, because there's a yes. Quidditch yeah. team, like a pro-level Quidditch team that's something banshees, and I can't think of... I, I know it because I, I think over the summer, earlier in the summer, I reread Quidditch Through the Ages, just bored one day. I, oh, cute. As you do. <laughs> as you do. Um, but yeah, no, I think Harry Potter, and I also think Harry Potter because of Seamus... And I'm pretty sure he said something about a banshee at one point mm. in the books. And I always just equate banshees now yeah. with, like, that quirky Irish kid from yeah. Hogwarts. <laughs> that works. Um, that's pretty... That's you guys... You guys... Um, actually, that's everything. I'm not going to do my notes. Okay, oh, cool. okay. Cool. Thank you. Fun. And I want to... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably asking yourself, what is a banshee? Yeah. Yep. Screaming hag. <laughs> Screaming hag. <laughs> Let me tell you, my friends. (laughs) So a banshee is a female spirit-like creature or fairy woman in Irish mythology. They are known as an omen of death and messenger from the underworld. (laughs) Why is everything you talk about an omen of death? Yeah. Mothman. Dang. Banshee. Well, let me tell you, actually. (laughs) Okay. Um, The thing is, they're not, like, a bringer of death. Like, they aren't causing the death. Um they're like kind of ushering it in in a way or like <laughs> warning of it oh like mothman maybe yes <laughs> like the the what i want to believe mothman is yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's said that the banshees wail or cry is uh the sign that someone is about to die there's like a version of this where specifically it's like only members of ireland's five major families i think there were probably more than five but this one source Ooh. listed the O'Grady's, the O'Neills, the O'Briens, the O'Connors, and the Kavanaugh's. Oh shit, I'm friends with like half of those last yeah, names. Yeah, I was gonna say, I know a lot of them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I guess like over time, most like Irish families blended, and it was believed that like pretty much every Irish family had their own banshee. 
Cute. Which is really fun. I hope we have quirky um, things. That's neat. Yeah, yeah. I, should ask, my, I should ask my grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, my, which, which banshee can you trace yours back to? <laughs> I'll let you all know. <laughs> I'll call my 91-year-old um, grandpa and be like, hey, banshees. <laughs> If we hey, all we have like a find our banshees, we can like have banshee play dates. Oh my god, find your banshees! <laughs> it's like ancestry.com, but find your banshee.com. <laughs> Ancestry.banshee. <laughs> Ban.she. I'm gonna shut up now. I'm just gonna cute. Someone go sit by that URL. <laughs> Banchestry. <laughs> Bancestry. <laughs> I'm gonna be. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) Well, anyway. Meg, what? Something just like fell in my apartment. (laughs) Where I'm nowhere near. It's your banshee. She's here. Ah, That was really scary. Or the poltergeist. Oh, yeah, poltergeist, probably. Why are you two so calm? I just nearly peed. Well, I'll f- I'll start freaking out if you get a brick thrown at your head, and then I'll screenshot it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, take a picture. For, you two are the worst. You could be a meme like, I'm too. Screenshot it. <laughs> make a meme. We're such good friends. When a brick is thrown at your head by a poltergeist, and your friends just take pics. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Enough of my haunting. Um, <laughs> okay, so because of the like family ties with the banshees, it's believed that the banshees like remain on their like old family property as long as there's like something left standing of the home so there's a lot of like stories of them like haunting one specific like location which is interesting um it's said that when they are like noticed by humans they'll disappear into a cloud of mist accompanied by the sound of a bird flapping its wings oh i wish i could do that just like disappear yeah all people heard was bird wings or like some sources said many birds, like a like a like a herd of them, like a flock. A herd of oh, birds. I, I <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, Anna, Anna, this is the perfect time to tell everyone about the email you received at three AM last oh my night. God. <laughs> <laughs> last night I hold on, I'm gonna pull it up. <laughs> at exactly three sixteen AM I received an email titled Birds Aren't Real. <laughs> Welcome to the movement. <laughs> I just, I don't know where this came from. Welcome to the movement. Like, you signed up for yeah, something. Yeah, and it yeah. starts with, greetings, patriot. <laughs> stay woke. That's cute. It ends with, stay woke. The birds aren't real to the you. The birds work for the bourgeoisie. So yeah, so, that is just... clearly, that's gotta be one of my topics soon. Um, Please. I don't know how they found me, but they found me. That is so funny. I mean, I just, it gave me such a good laugh waking up this morning and seeing that Anna had yeah. gotten that email. <laughs> oh, and so even though this is like a lot of like based in old legends and things, there have been alleged sightings as recently as 2014. Oh, wow. Ooh. Okay. So I'll get into those in a minute. Banshees have like three primary forms, but they're like kind of shape-shifting, so they can really look like anybody. But there's not, like, one specific. There's really, like, three specific ways that they usually show up to people. Um, And that's a young, pale, red-haired woman. um, A stately or matronly middle-aged woman. Or an ugly, old, gray-haired woman with bad teeth. Ah. And this is where I wrote in my notes, 
Oh, it was sexism. But <laughs> <laughs> um, of course um, it was, because we have yeah. hot, sexy young banshee, and then old, gross, disgusting Blair grandma bitch. Right. <laughs> uh huh. And who for like, ever? How dare this woman? Yeah. yeah. If you are a so, woman who doesn't appeal to me, you must be evil. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So there's like a lot. I guess I will warn you now. There's a lot of like not so thinly veiled sexism yeah, in I'm so the glad I'm not drinking this episode because we know how mad I would be <laughs> yeah I um I literally have a note in here that's like I have to move on so Meg doesn't get too mad <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get Anger. to that <laughs> um Continue. so the interestingly like these three descriptions kind of mirror um Actually, a few, like, Celtic goddesses, um, but one specifically, the goddess of war and death, uh, Morrigan, uh, also known as the Phantom Queen, who is also goddess of prophecy and fate. So not necessarily just death, but, like, things that are yet to come. Um, She has three forms, uh, which are kind of, like, I guess three stages of life like these so she shows up as like a young maiden or a um like warrior queen and a um elderly woman so kind of those three like stages again which is interesting um we don't have time to unpack all of that but (laughs) uh so like there's a lot of different connections between banshees and a variety of stories from goddesses and celtic irish Gaelic and Scottish folklore and all that jazz um but whatever whatever you want to go with there's some evidence behind I don't know banshees being rooted in like really deeply in this culture and mythology the next question I have written down is why is a banshee yeah why why is a banshee I'll tell you one better why Why? is Gamora (laughs) (laughs) so um (laughs) They are very heavily associated with death for a number of reasons. Um, It actually traces back to an Irish tradition uh, from, like, as far back as the 18th or the 8th century. I'm sorry. The 8th century. Um, So in, like, mourning and death, they used the word keening to describe a rhythmic crying and wailing that was performed as part of the death ritual. Mm. Uh, It was believed that keening was necessary in order for the dead to pass safely into the other world. And keening women, also called keeners, (laughs) uh, were respected professionals and performers who would be hired to help guide the mourners through their grieving um, I just found my new career lamentations. path. I just yeah, want to say that. <laughs> I know. That sounds amazing. That's yes, what I want to do exactly. with my life. <laughs> I literally wrote that down in my notes, so thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so they sing lamentations at these funerals to help both the living and deceased with the like death ritual and moving on. Um, they So because of this, they became seen as the link between this world and the other world. So since these women were paid pretty well, and boy do I wish I could be paid to go to a stranger's funeral and sob, because we already know I do a great scream cry. (laughs) 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 Um, Like, usually, uh, usually only the most wealthy and powerful families could afford them, 
thus the like five main families <laughs> that these banshees were associated with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why they're also typically associated with upper class and like those specific families. Um, some some families would claim that these were fairy women who were loyal only to their families because you know aristocracy stuff. Uh, some keeners would accept alcohol as payment for their services. Oh, gosh. This is actually really funny. It's us. They would accept alcohol as payment. So I guess that was considered a sin. And so it was oh. believed that because of this, they would become banshees after death. Oh. Like they would be doomed to that kind of fate. <laughs> because they... So if I... Oh, gosh. Sorry. Okay. So like, say, say I was to accept alcohol as a form of payment for a service, mm-hmm. I would become a banshee. Maybe. That's not a bad deal, though. Right? Honestly? So, like, despite all of these, like, traditions and things, Banshee lore itself didn't become popular until around the 14th century. Um, sorry, I just, I wrote in my notes, medieval Europe is just quirky like that. (laughs) So quirky. True that. (laughs) Um... So we could really go off about like the ne- negative connotations for women here because of the obvious sexism of, hey, these women work and drink alcohol, so they're sinners and are doomed to a life of cryptidity. Oh, shit. But they don't just have children and get married and cook and exactly. clean and so do there was all like, this shit? They must have magical mm-hmm. evil powers. Exactly. Basically, that's that, that sums it up. <laughs> um, awesome. It that's kind of one of the explanations is that like it was just sexism <laughs> all along um but let's move on so ooh, i don't anger meg too much um that being said i have some wild stories nice which i did not expect to find but i am so excited <laughs> usually like they don't they're not they're not believed to cause death itself um but there are like a handful of weird cases where someone died unexpectedly and it was blamed on a banshee specifically like there's one there's this one like case that kept coming up when i was doing my research um which was with um king james the first of scotland who i guess ran into a strange irish seer (laughs) um and then was murdered shortly thereafter. Oh. Okay. So, I guess they were kind of, they blamed it on this woman and said she was a banshee, but, like, maybe he was just a bad king. I didn't really look into it that hard. (laughs) Yeah, what? Like, how did he get murdered? I think he he was murdered. I saw something else, like, he was trapped in a sewer tunnel or something. It was not clear. That's (laughs) That's like the um, Edgar Allan Poe story, getting trapped in the cellar for the rest of your life. Like the oh, Cask of Amontillado. Oh god. Yes, yes. That one, mm-hmm. which is always so terrifying. Just the thought of like perishing alone in this like trap space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's fun. Cute. <laughs> Just fun, fun death things when you're <laughs> trapped in it. Just kidding. I'm gonna stop now. Cute. Um, yeah, so that was back in 1437, but, like, more often in most of the cases, she's, like, heard, banshees are heard and not just seen. Yeah, they are. Give women a voice. (laughs) Hey, 
they like hey. were super sexist and created the banshee and then they accidentally like switched the the stereotype around yeah. <laughs> seen not heard but heard, now they're not, heard, not seen, seen so love that love yes it. exactly i want to be heard not seen <laughs> exactly don't don't perceive, perceive me, me. <laughs> That's why we started a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. I really found, like, I think my calling in life is to be a banshee. Seriously. It sounds great. I feel like it suits me very well. Yeah. I think you're mm-hmm. right. Just scream. <laughs> so, anyway, before I get too much f- farther off track, <laughs> um, one of the, like, more famous cases is of the... of. Bunworth Spanshee, which is a fun name. I'm sorry, can you repeat Bunworth? Bunworth? Bunworth Spanshee. Bunworth. 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 Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll say it a few more times so you'll you'll catch on. Apparently, (laughs) Old Reverend Bunworth of (laughs) County Cork, Ireland, grew ill one day, Mm -hmm. and the locals became concerned. Um, One night, while he was sick, a servant of the household reported that he had heard the wailing of a banshee uh, who kept crying the reverend's name. Okay, so the her- servant heard the banshee, th- and he told the family, and the family insisted it was just superstition um, because the reverend's health was beginning to improve. Uh, however, the next night, Reverend Bunworth was moved downstairs to sleep, and during the night, he- they heard the wailing again outside of his window and when they went to investigate, there was no sign of anything that could have made a noise. Uh, this happened once or twice more throughout the night with no sign of the source of the noise. They like, kept looking and there was nothing, but they definitely heard something. And by the time the sun rose, the reverend was dead. Like, he had been improving. So, I don't know. Crazy story. I, I don't have, like, a year on that, but, like, the other, like, there's a series of reports from 1893, which were published in... Um, the Irish Times, <laughs> which kind of like the whole, there was like a little community that was kind of uh, disturbed by banshees. <laughs> um, so it started with when someone wrote in and said, um, oh, I actually have a quote for you. Um, so they wrote in and they wrote, I distinctly heard the banshees cry about five years ago, previous to the death of my dear brother. He was ailing at the time. It was 12 o'clock at night. I was up with him watching it in case he required a drink, when suddenly I heard an indescribably mournful cry. The following week, someone else, Minnie McCowan, <laughs> sorry, there's an extra, it's M-C-K-E-O-W-N, so I had a little stumble. Oh. Um, she wrote in to say, Uh, My father heard the banshee cry 40 years ago for a great aunt of mine, or should I say, before the death of a great aunt. Wow. Um, After this, like, a few more people wrote in with similar accounts, like, one family insisted their uncle had even seen the banshee. Um, And then when they all heard the wail, the uncle died the next day. And then I have a fun story, which was the last one from this newspaper series, and then a couple more recent ones. Spook. Um, so Patrick Farrell wrote in saying, quote, it was a beautiful moonlit night in December, business having detained me until a late hour and not feeling weary, I determined to have a short stroll this night being gloriously fine. (laughs) On my return, I was astonished to find my greyhound trembling violently. Not the greyhound. (laughs) The greyhound. 
the cold sweat actually dripping off him. For some time, I sought in vain for a solution to this strange occurrence. After some time, I heard coming from a bush in the middle of a small paddock at the back of my house a long, low wail, and after some time, the most piteous sobbing I have ever heard. Being then a disbeliever in banshees, ghosts, goblins, fairies, leprechauns, and company, I was glad of an opportunity to test once and for all their <laughs> their genuineness. But he says, then he, so he wasn't able to stir the dog to get him up, so he went out alone with a stick to investigate. Oh. In the shrubs, he found a, quote, milk-white deer <laughs> uh, that, w- that was, quote, sobbing in the most heart-rending manner, unquote. Ew. After watching for a few minutes, he took a swing at the animal with a stick, (gasps) and he says, The stick passed through space, but I heard such a scream as I hope and pray shall never fall on my ears again. And then it vanished. Wow. Uh, And then later on, he discovered that a cousin of his in Australia had died the same night. Then, so I saw a couple... um, sources that said that this one this next one from 1948 was the most recent story but then i actually found a more recent one so 1948 um william c gall was on holiday with his wife and they heard um they suddenly heard an unearthly howling noise from somewhere outside um they kind of ignored it at first but it happened again later in the night and they were a little unsettled (laughs) But again, we're like, I don't know what to do about this. So they ignored it. Um, and then the the next morning, the friends that they were with refused to acknowledge the incident like at all. Like they just didn't want to talk about it. Um, when they returned home, they learned that a dear friend and neighbor of theirs had been seriously injured by two burglars and was in the hospital critically ill. Oh my gosh. Um, the friend did recover eventually. But they, like, really worried that he would not. (laughs) Um, Later on, they figured out that the attack had taken place on their doorstep, like, at home, um, at the same time that they had heard the Banshees' cries where they were on holiday. Ah, spoopy. Mm -hmm. Why do we make the same sound at the end? (laughs) Ah. Oh, that's creepy, though. Yeah, that was 1948. And so then I have one from June of 2014. So June 2014. What began as an apparent cat call in the middle of the night quickly developed into an apparent terrifying sighting of a banshee. The sound metamorphosed into a shrill scream that seemed to be getting closer and closer. The witness involved investigated from within the relative safety of indoors and reported seeing a woman standing out in the open, head back, screaming loudly enough to cause irritation to the ears of the witness. After several more minutes, a single police patrol car arrived on the scene. But there was not anyone outside. The attending police officers actually suggested the possibility of a banshee sighting. And then on the same night, there was a death in the family of the sole witness. Oh, dang. Ooh, that's crazy Um, how recent that is. Yeah. Yeah. And then, actually, under the comments of this one, um, someone claims that their grandmother, who was an O'Sullivan, passed in 1972. The night before she died, their family saw a banshee, and they said it didn't have an evil presence. It was simply a warning. So, um, 
to quickly wrap this up, some possible explanations. Um, obviously, like, you know, the, the legend and the history of the culture. Um, some sources said it could have, there could have been, like, barn owls involved. <laughs> because barn owls, I guess, make a screaming noise. I feel like it's always, they always try to say cryptids are owls. Didn't they say that for, like, Mothman, right? too? Yes, they did. <laughs> Leave owls alone. Yeah. Right? Justice for owls. Yeah, let, them, let them live in peace. and let them. Well, yeah. Them I guess the, the logic was, like, owls are out at night and make a screaming noise. Like, barn owls specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they used to be, I guess they used to be very common in Ireland. Like, they've been hunted down now, unfortunately. No. But no they used else. to be, like, all over the place. Um, to that I have to say... Justice for Barn Owls 2020. Yes, yes. That's, that's all you should take away from yeah. <laughs> Justice for Barn Owls. Um, yeah, I don't know how, like, reliable necessarily some of these people's stories are, but, like, I also don't have any reason to doubt them. So maybe there was, like, a Barn Owl at some point, but there's definitely some kind of... If, if it is just, like, a coincidence, it's a lot of weird coincidences. And that, my friends, is how banshees will probably predict my death one day nice oh, fun cool cute wow that's also like a little like irish heritage lesson yeah yes mm-hmm. i would really want to trace back my tree now i know and yeah ancestry. I, my mother's side was the ohanrahans mm-hmm. the ohanrahans really yeah oh my god little I shout know. out to our irish <laughs> heritage yeah i'm just brennan and well, I'll, oh no, I guess I forgot you can go farther back. But my mom's side, I know, is like Enright and McCarthy. Mm. Oh. McCarthy. Oh, McCarthy. okay. And Cummings. One of the sources yeah. said, I think, I think McCarthy is one of the bigger names that oh, was like probably yeah. involved. <laughs> um, shout out to my sister so. whose middle name is McCarthy. <laughs> you better run. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. You gotta go. We love banshees. Yeah, cute. I, I enjoyed that. I want to scream yeah, at a stranger's funeral so yeah. badly. Yeah, that really does sound like a dream job. Right? <laughs> if someone would really w- want... If any of you out there want to pay me to attend your funeral and <laughs> just scream, scream cry. and cry really theatrically, oh boy, I would be great at that. This also sounds like an ad for, like, if any of you plan on dying soon, let me know, and I'll be there. Yeah, if you want your your funeral to be, like, extra dramatic. (laughs) And people to think that, like, you're really, really, we're so great. I will literally, I will be there. (laughs) You got a friend in us, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cool. So, yeah. Y'all want to hear a conspiracy? Hey, yeah. Yes, please. Hell, yeah. So this week, hell yeah. Hell yeah. God, I started something. <laughs> I started something I wanted to end. <laughs> this <Ew>. week, <laughs> I'm gonna be talking about the Men in Black. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, not the Will Smith movie? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. So my sources. I actually found a really cool podcast. So a little shout out to uh, Conspiracy Theories podcast. They do a really good job, and I'm definitely yeah. gonna be drawing on them. A lot. Yeah, conspiracy theories podcast, podcast kin. Mm. I'm gonna shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> oh Meg. I also used history.com and Wikipedia. 
Well, I just, what do you guys know about the Men in Black? Because, Rose, you've mentioned them before, correct? Um, Which cryptid was that? What do I know about the Men in Black? They, like, show up and try to, like, cover stuff up for the government mostly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which cryptid was it that they showed up? Was that Mothman? Oh, uh, yeah, I think it was Mothman. Yes, it was. Yeah. Cool. Because, like, someone, um, yeah, one of the, I forget her name, but one of the, like, witnesses said that she was bothered severely by the men in black. Like, they just wouldn't, they wouldn't stop bugging her. Yikes. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're very clingy, sounds like. <laughs> Um, they wouldn't stop calling. They showed up at her door. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're basically creepy stalkers. But anyway, the mm-hmm. first sighting or experience with a man in black was in 1947, and it was Harold Dahl's experience. So he went on a conservation mission on his boat in, in the in Puget Sound. Am I saying that right? Ooh. Is that right? Yes. Puget Sound. Okay. <clears throat> With him, there were two men, his son yeah. and his dog, on this boat. And it wasn't long before they... Well, oh, sorry. They were near the eastern shore of Washington's Maury Island, gathering logs, mm-hmm. when he saw six donut-shaped flying obstacles hovering about half a mile directly above his boat. And pretty quickly they so stuff started like raining out of these flying donut saucers what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and it was scrap metal and this is kind of sad but some of it hit his son charles on his arm and his arm was Aww. pretty badly hurt but some also fell on the dog who didn't survive no <gasps> no no fuck no, the men no, in no, black no. fuck this yeah. i'm angry <laughs> It's never good when it starts off with a dead dog. But anyway, uh, Dahl showed some of this metal that it was just like scrap metal to his uh, supervisor, Fred Chrisman. And Chrisman actually went himself to the scene shortly after, and he also saw strange aircrafts with his own eyes. The next day, Dahl was just chilling, and he was visited by a very strange man in a black suit. And he said the man took him to a local diner and started telling Dahl about things that he had just experienced. So he's like, you saw these aircrafts, they look like this, blah, blah, blah. And Dahl's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And apparently the man in black said, quote, What I have said is proof to you that I know a great deal more about this experience of yours than you will want to believe. Oh my. Oh no. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. And then he basically told Dahl, he was like, yeah, n- never talk about this incident again or you'll deeply regret it and I'll come for your son. <gasps> oh, he said I'll come for your son? Yeah. What the f- Yikes. It was basically mm-hmm. heavily implied if, if he started, if he kept talking about this, then his son was going to be in danger. First his dog and now his son. I know, right? Jeez. <laughs> Freaking aliens and men in black. <laughs> so... Oh, this. <laughs> a lot of people are very skeptical of this entire story. Um, however, it did garner enough interest that two Air Force intelligence officers actually flew in from California to look at the metal objects and stuff. 
And I, I guess they actually concluded that they were just, like, scraps of aluminum and not, mm. not like, foreign substances. But what's mm. super weird is these two Air Force intelligence officers actually died in a, a plane crash on their way back to California. Oh, no. So, just, just kind of sketchy. Maybe it's just a weird just a coincidence, but... Anyway, this is... That is basically the first story of the men in black visiting someone. So, men in black are uh, exactly what it sounds like. It's uh, usually a man (laughs) in a black suit. (laughs) And they usually appear to people who have experienced some unexplainable otherworldly thing, like especially UFO or alien sightings. And they also supposedly appear most often to ufologists, ufologists ufologists mm-hmm. um i don't know <laughs> i don't know how to say that word <laughs> either way and extraterrestrial researchers and it's usually them like showing up and being like you need to stop your research now at least that's what people say so some describe them as looking like basically your average working man who wears a business suit like someone from the fbi um <laughs> however there's been some weirder accounts of them looking more inhuman or just like being just slightly wrong where you can tell that they're not fully human oh yeah so one example was dr herbert hopkins (laughs) sorry good name herbert (laughs) herbert uh meg sorry i'm just so herbert (laughs) was a family physician in Old Orchard Beach, Maine. And in his spare time, Hopkins loved to research UFO encounters and was just kind of obsessed with UFOs and aliens and stuff. Mm-hmm. However, on the night of September 11th, 1976, he got a phone call from someone who said that they were from New Jersey's UFO organization, which he would later find out didn't exist. And the man on the phone asked if he could come over to talk about Hopkins' UFO research. And Hopkins agreed, and, like, and then the man just hung up. And immediately he saw through his window someone approaching his front door. (gasps) What? (laughs) I don't like that. No, thank you. And it was a man dressed in all black except a white button-up. He was fully bald and entirely hairless like his entire body looked like it was hairless and it was also said that he was extremely pale like white white except for his lips Mm. which were a very bright red color and hopkins said that he spoke in like a weird almost like mechanical or robotic way i guess kind of like siri or like something like that just like oh yeah and hopkins also said he he sat like inhumanly still he would just freeze and not move like an, a muscle at all when he was listening to hopkins explain his work <laughs> which is also weird and then mm-hmm. hopkins also said at one point the man wiped his mouth with the back of his hand and reve- it revealed to the physician that his lips weren't actually lips it was just really bright lipstick and the man actually had oh. no lips at all <laughs> He just had outlined his mouth hole with lipstick. 
mouthful. Well, I hate that. Stop talking Why about holes in those words. Aaron? We've had enough out of you and holes on this podcast. Uh, I miss Mel's hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moment of silence for Mel's hole. What a time that story was. I know. I was thinking, this just reminds me of Mel's hole. I, you know what makes me so sad? I'm pretty sure that's our least listened to episode, too. Really? Why? That's such a good episode. Wait, I know. What else did we talk about in that episode? It was Mel's hole. I don't remember. It was... That's it. That makes me upset. Mel's I know. I know. Day. It's got, like... At least like ten less listens than all of our other episodes. What I don't get it. Guys, go That's listen so to that upsetting. episode if you haven't. I'm, li- I'm looking up the episode number, but you can keep. Wait, going yeah, I would love to know back. which. Let's see. Like what? What else we covered that episode? Okay, that was episode six. Okay. And first of all, excellent episode because we talked about the scene Augustine Lighthouse. Uh huh. Um. <gasps> The grass, the, the spooky grass. grass. Oh my gosh, that was such a good episode. Right. What the Hungry heck? grass. I'm so upset. And the government-controlled hole. Yeah, this is like bullshit, guys. It's <laughs> like a really good episode. We had a lot of good laughs. Yeah, Hungry Grass, that's what it's called. Hungry Grass. Yeah, yes. that was a good episode. So, first of all, how dare you? Yeah. Just kidding, but like, how dare Go you? Go listen to it, people. <laughs> yeah, good episode. Please. Anyway. Cool, <laughs> no, anyway. Off track. <laughs> <laughs> we peer-pressured you into listening to us more. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, this man in black supposedly ordered Hopkins to destroy all his UFO research, and Hopkins was absolutely terrified because this guy was super freaky, so he did. Um, Yeah, and that's the end of that encounter. Um, There were also quite a few cases where people claim that the men in black have some, like, supernatural abilities, and they messed with their mind, they messed with physics, and they even, like, manipulated time itself. Oh, boy. And honestly, like, I'm, there's so many cases of people seeing the men in black. I'm just going to talk about the theories now, because <laughs> yeah. uh, this is already a long episode. Some of the theories about what the men in black are, what their goals are, if they're, like, part of the government, or if maybe there's something more supernatural. So, one theory is that the men in black are actually a very secretive part of the government, that was formed to keep all alien activity on Earth a secret. Um, And one thing that people cite when arguing for this theory is um, Roswell. Mm. You guys guys know Roswell? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that... Vaguely. (laughs) It's like one of the most infamous UFO cases where... Yeah. Yeah. Mm. A farmer in Roswell found debris in his field that was weird and then the government was like that was a weather balloon (laughs) and people were like (laughs) just a weather balloon no but i I do kind of want to cover that story at some time so i'm not gonna yes talk about too much but supposedly president truman himself was given evidence that the materials found on the farm in roswell were not at all a weather balloon and were actually built from technology that we as humans have not invented and do not have the ability to invent at this time and in response to this report truman wanted all rumors about these ufos and aliens to be squashed so people believe perhaps president truman needed some help keeping these rumors under wraps and seeing as he shortly after this actually created the cia people think yeah people think it's not so out of the question that he also created like a, a fraction of the CIA that is was made to stop UFO stories from spreading. Um, so interesting. I didn't know he created the CIA. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, 
news to me. And many believe that this secret government organization is called the Majestic 12, <laughs> or MJ-12. Um, Cute. I don't know why I didn't look into it. It's just... <laughs> Alright. <laughs> it's supposedly the code name for an alleged secret committee of scientists, military leaders, and government officials who facilitate the recovery investigation of alien spacecrafts. And apparently the concept originated in a series of supposedly leaked secret government documents that um, were first circulated by ufologists ufologists <laughs> in 84. So that's kind of the, the theory that they're just secret agent men. <laughs> secret and then the second theory is that the men in black are an alien race that are currently living among us on earth and they're trying to learn more about our species while also attempting to keep their own existence a secret hence like finding all the ufo people and threatening their children and mm -hmm. shit wow so subtle oop let me wipe off my mouth yeah. oh sorry <laughs> oop <laughs> cute yeah so that's the second theory is just basically based off of all of the encounters that describe them as having weird powers or just looking or acting super weird. Yeah, so that's the men in black. I have a question for you, Anna. Yeah? Oh, no. Do, do you think they're going to come for you? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Maybe. I, I, I want to start talking about aliens more because, like, I, maybe that doesn't really fit conspiracy theories, but it doesn't really Man. fit cryptids or ghosts either so i'm gonna start talking about aliens more and then maybe they'll come for me mm, yeah cool keep us updated i will i was gonna say um if they do show up at your doorstep tell them meg is single <laughs> <laughs> is that your type of my alien boyfriend <laughs> completely hairless dresses nice <laughs> lipstick lipstick but no lips <laughs> no that is so scary stay away from me yeah <laughs> I'd rather be, I'd rather have an alien than a man in black. <laughs> well, I mean, if they are an alien, if that theory lines up, I guess they are an alien, but not that alien. Mm. Yeah. What a trip this episode has been. <laughs> it's been fun. fun what stuff. a good time it's been. Um, Meg, would you like to tell people where they can find us? <laughs> yes, and I know we keep building up to some like fun stuff happening for Halloween. It's probably <laughs> happening the the week after you listen to this, like the. This episode comes out on a Friday. This is a Friday mm -hmm. that you're hearing my voice, hopefully. The week following this Friday is when things will be happening. Yes. Leading up to Halloween. Yes. Yes. So you can follow us on Instagram at Nightmare Girls Podcast. On Twitter at Nightmare Girls Pod without the A in Nightmare and without the I in Girls. If you want to look at our dead Facebook page, it's facebook.com slash Nightmare Girls Podcast. Or you can send us an email at the Nightmare Girls Podcast at gmail.com. Woo! Yay! Meg's dabbing. You can't see it, but I Meg's am. dabbing. Dabs dab, for dab. follows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, also, just like super exciting little milestone that we hit recently. We we have over 500 listens, like total. Yeah, it's which getting is up, super cool. Getting up there close to six, I think. No. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's. Is it? We've had a lot more in it the past couple weeks. Just so. like 545. I was just on oh, the page. Okay. <laughs> yeah, which is really crazy. I mean, because, again, we just really do this for, like, shits and gigs, and we like to talk about this yeah. stuff, so we figured, why not make a podcast about it? 
Um, so thank you for listening. If you've yeah. been here since the beginning, and if you're new, Welcome. I don't know why you I'm found sorry. us or why you're here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you go back and listen to the Mel's whole episode, just prepare yourself for the please <laughs> the mature stupid giggling That's a good episode. Constant giggling because we're children. Yeah. I guess um, get your Halloween costumes ready, but really shouldn't yeah. be trick or treating. You should be staying inside wearing a mask. Or yeah. if you're going out, you should be wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. No, no big Halloween parties, but have your own little Halloween party in your living room. Yes. Yeah. Eat so much candy. So much candy. So much. Mm-hmm. Get buzzed just for us. Let us know if you do. Yeah. Get fat with us. It'll be fun. <laughs> Let's all get fat together. Live stream from the back rooms if you make it there. Please. Let us oh know. Oh my god. Please let us know. <laughs> okay. Um, enjoy the full moon this Halloween. Yes. Oh. Well, I mean, we still have another week before Halloween, but just so no, you know, know there but, is a full moon like, approaching. I didn't know. We're that. talking about Halloween, so yes, we're gearing up to spook, it. Spook, spook, spook. Well, see y'all next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.